Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we'll spend the next half hour reviewing Tech's bowl matchup, the basketball victory over Mississippi State, but mostly just laughing at UAB's 49-6 loss to FAU. <laughs> Excellent. But let's Excellent. start 70 miles down the road where the Bulldogs will face Manny Diaz's Miami Hurricanes in the 44th Independence Bowl. Sponsor this year by pulled out of a hat walk-ons. Josh, how do you feel about the bowl this year? Um, I actually really like the matchup. For personal reasons, I'm kind of annoyed because I won't be able to go, even though it's six miles from my apartment. <laughs> but I like the matchup. It'll be interesting. There's a lot of storylines around the game, considering Manny Diaz was a DC here before, and Blake Baker was a DC last year at Tech. So, and it's always good to play a Power Five team, even if they're having a down year. I think it's it's better for optics to play a Power Five team in the bowl game and win. Granted that we win. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of a win-win for us because from a national from a national perspective, um, you know, we're supposed to lose to Miami. I just saw the initial line is uh, Miami minus seven and a half. So we're supposed to lose to Miami. So if we beat them, the national pundits, you know, celebrate our victory. And if we lose to them, it's just kind of at the bottom of the ticker um, and nobody will notice a week later. But they will not celebrate our victory. They'll be celebrating Miami's loss. It doesn't really matter who it's to. Well, fair, fair. But, you know, I, I think from a matchup standpoint, I think Josh is spot on. It's a great opportunity for us to beat. Miami, who, you know, again, had a pretty rough year, but like, it's still Miami. They've still won a national title this century. So like, not saying that means we beat a national title team, but you know, they they have a brand, right? (laughs) Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Right. (laughs) For the players, though, uh, you know, I don't know where they wanted to go, but I can't imagine that Shreveport was very (laughs) high on their list. Is it high on anybody's list? They got to go. No, (laughs) they got to go to Hawaii last year. They, they, they've been other exciting places and Shreveport is not one of them. Yeah. I think that's the sound of the Shreveport board of tourism, Twitter account blocking us, but yeah, I, (laughs) I agree. I think I'm more excited for this because I'm not, in band anymore and wouldn't be going to the game like when we played in new orleans where we played in dallas like part of the trip was always the fun part of it but now a few hundred miles away it doesn't really matter to me where we play but i like the matchup in miami uh, over any of the other conference usa matchups possibly appalachian state and the new orleans bowl just because that's a very good team and we can see how tech looks but uh yeah yeah over under uab losing by 40 what, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll take the over. It could get real bad. <laughs> Officially, that line is 17 and a half. So we'll see how, how that moves throughout the week. But yeah. yeah, this will be the fifth time Tech will play in the Independence Bowl and the 84th time the Bulldogs have played in Shreveport, dating back to a 35 to zero loss to the Shreveport Athletic Association in 1902. Damn those Shreveport <laughs> Athletic Association bastards. That was actually their nickname. Yeah, you got it in one. <laughs> Also, real quick trigger warning here, but the last time the Bulldogs played in Shreveport, oh, Nathan, why? Johnny Manziel and Texas oh. A&M squeaked away a 59-57 to victory over Tech. That was the best and most exciting game of football I've ever <laughs> seen had, in my life. No, no lie, so even though we lost. I had so much fun at that game. I had yeah. so much fun at that game. There were several times uh, that all of us here were in band, full disclosure, if you don't know, but when Shaquille Lucas picked off Johnny Menzel and brought the score to within six or something like that, I did not play the fight song. I was was supposed to play. I was just going buck wild in the stands, like literally jumping up and down. 
surprised my trombone didn't get broken in half, but you know. Yeah, you know. And interestingly, I guess, that game was supposed to be played in week one of that year, and it was moved back due to a hurricane, and now we're playing the Hurricanes. Whoa. Yeah. Coincidence. Probably. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> the last time Tech played in Independence Bowl, not just the stadium, the year was 2008, and the final score was 17-10 to 10 when Tech beat the Northern Illinois, were they the Huskies? Huskies, yes. Yes. Northern Illinois played in the Orange Bowl, I think, in 2012 when we were supposed to play in the Orange Bowl before we crapped our pants. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah. One thing that's intriguing about this matchup against Miami and Shreveport, though, is it's happened before. Tech played Miami and lost 48-9 to in 2003. Yeah, they had Luke McCown on, um, again, last week for the UTSA game during that long delay. The Indie Bowl rep was at the game, and so they brought him on and just interviewed him for a little bit because they had nothing better to do. (laughs) And so Luke McCown was there, and he was actually talking about that game because he was the quarterback for that 2003 um, matchup. And he just talked about how cool it was to have Miami coming in, you know, as the I think that was the year they were defending national champs. I could be wrong about that. But in any case, they were number two in the country at the time. So it was a, you know, it was a home game for Tech that they moved to uh, the Independence Bowl. So, yeah, they, they lost, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, they lost bad and finished uh, five and seven on the year that year. The Bulldogs did, but they did beat ULL. And that's what really Hell matters. Yeah. All that matters. Also, speaking of ULL, another quirky bowl thing 11 days after tech hopefully defeats miami of florida louisiana lafayette will hopefully lose to miami of ohio and the lending tree bowl <laughs> so in one case we're cheering against miami in the other case we are cheering very hard for miami we'll let you decide which cases which uh no we'll tell you which one root <laughs> for the dogs <laughs> root against you allow but so the other conference usa bowl matchups have also been announced all right so let's quickly go through the conference usa bowls i'll tell you the matchup the location and the spread i want each of y'all to tell me if you think that they will beat the spread or cover or however that works yeah sounds good yep. so first up uab versus appalachian state in the new orleans bowl if Matt were here, I'd be reading the sponsors too, but it's it's not worth it without him here. Uh, <laughs> Appalachian State is favored by 17.5. Yeah, g- give me App State. <laughs> they're going to win covers. by a lot. They just yeah. lost their coach right before we uh, hit record, but yeah, they're yeah. going to they're cover. They're going to cover. They're going to cover. Yeah. They lost their coach last year too. Just a one-year yep. coaching deal for him, I guess. Uh, next up, coaching factory. the first bowl that was announced, Charlotte versus Buffalo in the Bahamas Bowl. Buffalo is favored by four and a half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Charlotte here. I, I think I think they win outright. I would take Charlotte to cover, but okay. not, not I don't think they're going to win outright. All right. All right. Yeah. Next up, conference champion FAU versus SMU, Southern Methodist, and the Boca Raton Bowl. SMU is currently favored by three. Yeah, give me, oh, give, me give me SMU. The lane train has left the station. FAU is not gonna not gonna show out. Uh, they barely have home field advantage anyway. So yeah. yeah, I guess yeah, SMU to you know cover. I think I would like FAU in a lot of different bowls, different opponents really. But SMU is just a very good football team this year. I mean, they have the offense to keep up. So that's probably the best matchup. I mean, like there's a, there's a couple really good like matchups here for the conference like if we were to win that's definitely one of them and i would say tech miami is probably the top matchup taking bias uh, out of it i would think uab upsetting a ranked opponent would be big for the conference but also just yeah yeah yeah. i'm talking like just in terms of like because i think we're the only p5 uh matchup but there are some other good ones here in terms of G5 matchups. Well, what will hopefully be another good G5 matchup, FIU will take on Arkansas State in the Camellia Bowl. 
Arkansas State is favored by three. Man, I don't know anything about Arkansas State this year, but yeah. <laughs> they are called the Red Wolves. That is well, yeah. to my well, knowledge. I knew that. Um, <laughs> FIU is bad, but they beat Miami, so I guess I'll take FIU. I think I'll take FIU as well, just because they seem to be rolling better towards the end of the season. And, you know, Butch Davis is staying. And yeah. I literally know nothing about Arkansas State. This yeah. Season, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up, Marshall takes on UCF and the Gasparilla Bowl. Ooh. Continuing in the trend of the Conference USA team not being picked to win, UCF is favored by 17 and a half. Wow. I want to take UCF to win, but Marshall covers. Yeah, I think I think Marshall covers. I think they've got I mean, granted, Marshall got curb stomped by Cincinnati earlier this year in Marshall. So I mean maybe that's maybe we shouldn't take them to cover, but I'm uh, gonna yeah. take Marshall to cover. They have a good defense. Yeah. It, it'll be that should be a good game, I imagine. Yeah. And speaking of good defense, I guess, because they held UAB to two points, Southern Miss <laughs> takes on Tulane in the Armed Forces Bowl. I will bring that up as often as I can. Uh, Tulane is favored by seven and a half points in this game. Yeah, I'll take Tulane plus the points, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm going Tulane as well there. I don't think USM's that good, and I think they showed it towards the end of the year after after they beat UAB anyway. And then finally, the last matchup and the first one where the Conference USA team is favored in their game. Western Kentucky takes on Western Michigan in the first responders bowl. The Western Kentucky team is favored by two. Yeah, I'll give me Western. Western. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take Western Kentucky, man. They're good this year. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 that's fair to me. I don't know nothing about <laughs> Western Michigan this year, so. Yeah. Yeah, me either, really. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe pretty, I didn't watch as much football as I thought this year. <laughs> we all know you just watched LSU. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. I am attacked. I am feeling very attacked right now. But hopefully you did watch some SEC basketball when Louisiana Tech defeated the Mississippi State Bulldogs 74-67. to Yes. And a, a pretty big win for the program. Everything that could go right for the Bulldogs and I guess I'm falling into the same trap that I called the announcers out on. Everything that did go right for Tech did go right. <laughs> Archibald was scored 15 points. He was 50% from three, seven for eight from the free throw line. That's an uh, offensive rating of 168 using Ken Palm's numbers there. That's tied for the best in his career. So Archibald had a quite literally career night. Bracey, who on his career shoots 35% from three, was four for four from deep. And also Tech shot 63% from the charity stripe, which is not good at all for a basketball team, but it's about on the mark for how Tech has played this year. But Mississippi State only hit 50% of their free throws. So that really helped out in squeaking out a seven-point victory over an SEC program just down the road. Feels good, man. Yeah, and and from what I understand, I think Mississippi State went into the game ranked 19th in the net ratings. I think I saw that on Twitter. It got a bunch of... uh, it got a bunch of national sports writers talking about tech and saying how good we are and how nobody's going to want to see us as a double digit seed in the tournament. And, uh, and then we play the game that happened right before we started recording this against yeah, Houston which is State. fresh on our minds. So I know we're trying to kind of separate the two games, but <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to take that out of my head when, when talking about this, but even after the Mississippi state game, it felt like a game that we stole. Like it's, it's easy to say, Oh, look, we beat this good team. We're a really good basketball team. And I still think we are good. I don't think that we're going to miss the conference tournament or anything like that, but it really was a situation where everything went right. 
And we've seen enough games where everything goes wrong. Or I remember a game against Marshall a few years ago where they were like 80% from three or something like that and, and just wiped the floor with us. And it's basketball. Teams had these kinds of games. But I guess they rest on their laurels a little when they travel to, I forget where in Texas, same Houston State is, but it's not in Houston, where they lost by three, 71 to 68. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, it, everything that went wrong went wrong, he said. Um, you know, it was... You know, at least Ken Palm was predicting it to be a, a close game with Tech getting the win. So it's not like it's unexpected, I guess, for them to win, but it, yeah. it still kind of sucks. Yeah, Sam, Sam Houston State's not terrible, but Tech played absolutely like garbage. Um, I had the game on. I was in the first half when Tech was playing pretty okay. I was making gumbo, so I wasn't really paying attention. When I actually got to pay attention... Uh, while my gumbo simmered, uh, they started playing like crap. So maybe this is my fault. <laughs> maybe I should have gone a little longer on the Rue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had the game on the whole time, watching it pretty intently, trying to distract myself from a close Saints loss earlier in the day. And it that didn't work. <sighs> Sadness. Yeah, just Yay. it's been the common theme these last few episodes. But really, the Bulldogs didn't deserve to win this game the same way that they kind of stole a victory away from Mississippi state. They just threw this one away. Turnovers and free throws. We really told the story tonight. The Bulldogs ended the night with 21 turnovers. Ugh. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot. The last time they had more than that was against Prairie View A&M in 2016. They had 23. They ended up winning that game, but the night before that, they also had 21 and a loss to ULL. So that's, that not, didn't happen. Yeah. And also free throws were an issue. We on the seasons shoot around 63% from the charity stripe, which is not good, but they shot 42% tonight and Sam Houston state was 74%. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big, yeah, you can't, you can't shoot 42%. And like, even at the end of the game, we, the whole like fouling to, to get back in the game and everything makes sense. But like we had opportunities like we we had a chance to hit three free throws at the end to make it a one possession game and Gene missed two of them and it's like dude there's 7 seconds left you got to hit those shots you know yeah so you can shoot 42% from the stripe and win a game but you can't shoot 42% from free throw line and win a close game yeah and if you look at the stats too i mean tech didn't shoot terribly from the field it was uh you know we shot 45% from the field sam houston state only shot 36% but they had nine more possessions than we had or nine more shots from the field. So, I mean, that, and that's because of all those turnovers that we had giving them extra possessions. And we also got out rebounded, which is, yeah. it's surprising because we out rebounded Mississippi state who was really good. We hope <laughs> we hope just not great to follow up such a, like, you know, not program defining, but like season defining, like this is a good team. We went on the road and beat a good team. You know, this tech group can do something this year and then to follow it up with a performance like this no matter who it's against is frustrating it, it does feel like a big game hangover kind of situation where you go out you pull out a, a close win against a really good team or a team that looks really good at least at this point and then you come out flat the next game it happens in sports all over the place and I, yeah. just unfortunately i think it happened again here luckily that means that the bulldogs may still be a good team objectively but they just didn't play like it tonight no and still could have come out with the win i mean they yeah. only lost by three in the end so yeah if this is what counts for a bad night playing against a middle of the pack team in sam houston state that's been pretty good pretty recently yeah they were the best team in the regular season for uh southland conference last year so yeah. I, I think they they did not win the tournament and go to the big dance but <laughs> they were still the that's best familiar. yeah <laughs> who can blame them for that right <laughs> yeah 
man. Yeah, so moving ahead, looking at the game we have this week, uh, we dunked on ULL earlier when we were talking about football and bowl games and things, but I'm hoping we can literally dunk on them Saturday when we host the Cajuns <laughs> at the Thomas Assembly Center. Yeah. I mean, yay, but also boo for that <laughs> pun. Yeah, I, I deserve that. Massey gives Tech an 82% chance to win. BPI, which is ESPN, gives Tech an 89.9% chance to win. And Kempom likes us so much, they gave us a 94% chance. These numbers are taken before the Sam Houston State loss, so maybe they, they come down a little bit. But yeah. Seems like a pretty decent chance to win this game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I that's all we can say. I don't know if I can say this anymore uh, unequivocally, but fuck ULL. Sorry. <laughs> Agreed. We said it so much, I had to go get an actual bleep sound last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So looking at the schedule ahead, Ken Palm ranks Louisiana Lafayette uh, number 256th in the country. Ooh, I um, like which that. Is, Pretty low. The only teams that we play that are lower ranked right now are oh. North Carolina Central in a couple weeks. They're 324th. Southern Miss is 260th. Oh my goodness. And what Middle happened? Tennessee is 267th. I know I don't pay super close attention to basketball, but geez. Also, Nathan, Southern New Orleans is uh, not ranked. And they're oh, yeah. just giving us a win. Yeah. Not even a percentage. It's just win. Win, yeah. No point <laughs> Just win. So uh, we'll, we're going to find a way to lose that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tech is ranked number 69th in Ken Palm. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Very nice. Bring it back to ULL real quick. One thing that ULL does do well this year so far is play physically. They've drawn a lot of fouls. Uh, one of the things that Ken Palm measures is a comparison between the number of free throws you attempt and field goals you attempt. So not saying that you're good at free throws or good at shooting, but that shows that you forced a lot of fouls to go to the line a lot. And ULL's ratio is about 40% free throw attempts to field goal attempts, which is 48th in the country. So they're getting to the line a lot to shoot a lot of free throws. And then another thing that they've done pretty well is that they have a 6.9% block. So 6.9% of the time a shot is fired against them, they block it, which nice. is both nice and pretty good. That's 73rd in the country. Huh. Which we're used to football where there's 130 or 140 teams, but in basketball, 50? yeah, Dang. quite a few more. I love uh, Ken Palm. Good dude. Solid yeah. dude. Lots of information available for them. So yeah, Evan, you had some information about the contest this week? Yeah. So um, obviously we just found out we're playing Miami, so there will be a bowl game edition of the contest. I'll put it out, you know, uh, pr probably about 10 days before the game. So I guess that would be next next week sometime, next Monday or Tuesday. And, you know, you'll have to get it done by kickoff. And basically what, what I've done this year, we announced that I was going to take away everyone's lowest score, you know, I'll take it really back to your sixth grade class where, you know, you got, you got a free quiz. So if you bombed one test, it didn't count against you. So what that actually did was kind of move around a little bit at the top. So uh, right now in first place, we have Brian Basinger, who's got 160. Taylor Young has 157. And Caleb Basinger has 153. And those are really the only three players that really have a shot. The next couple down are down in the 140s, lower 140s. So their only hope would basically be for the top three to not play and also to score like 20 points, which is probably not going to happen, but it could. So, you know, we, we've got the uh, the best overall score in the contest, which will be those 11 contests have already graded, um, you know, subtract your lowest score is subtracted out plus whatever you score in the bowl game. So from here on out, the bowl game score counts no matter how bad you do on it. <laughs> 
And so what you win if you end up in first. So really, I'm just talking to three people here who may or may not listen to the podcast. I don't know. But you will win a trophy that is shaped like the college football playoff trophy. But it's got the uh, ice cream cone and it says GTPDD and the year. So you definitely want to make sure you play. And if you were bad this year or didn't play this year, make sure you play next year and you'll have a chance to win. But interestingly, we also have the best average award. Now for this one, you have to play three contests. So it's your average as long as you've played three. And not surprisingly, the top three I already listed are in first place right now. So it's actually Taylor averages 13.83 per contest. Brian averages 13.5 and Caleb averages 13.3. There's there's a twist here because we've got a guy who's played twice. His name's Steven and he has scored 18 points in week 11 and 12. So if he plays this week and does well, he's probably going to win that award. So for that one, you just get a sticker, but um, that that's the reason I have that award. So hopefully the non first place person will have the best average this year. But uh, anyway, we'll see. So make sure you, uh, you, you know, follow along on Twitter. I'll send out the email and everything like usual. And also all the stuff I just went over, I'll, I'll have out in a post probably by the time the podcast comes out. So hit up the website. Nathan will tell you where it is later, but I'll tell you now too. It's <laughs> gtpdd.dog. Um, and it should be one of the top posts there. Uh, GTPDD contest recap 2019. So check that out. All right. Sounds good. This week for the Conference USA Tweet of the Week, we're taking that a little bit literally and using an actual tweet from Conference USA. <laughs> yeah. So earlier today, which again is Sunday, December 8th, uh, Conference USA was tweeting out all the bowl announcements and announced that Marshall is heading to the Gasparilla Bowl to take on the Golden Knights of UCF. UCF's official football account wasn't too pleased. They tweeted saying, we were literally in your league for five years, just as the Knights, since we dropped Golden in 2007. And Conference <laughs> USA responded with a gif of Jimmy Butler. It's all I can really, how I can describe that. Jimmy Butler, just, mean machine. Yeah, the the one where he just like makes an incredulous face, like, come on like what no. so that that was pretty funny to see some, some see official some beef. twitter and, and also let me just say i mean I, I guess i get it but there's a bunch of ucf fans who are real mad in the, real in the mad <laughs> so one of them said so, high school league high school like yeah. i was like wow okay come, come on man wait ucf fans are salty about something i what when how <laughs> Excuse me, that's national champion. And also, to be fair, they actually did officially change their name legally above board. So yeah. I guess we should support that sort of thing since we... Yeah, yeah, you're right. They are officially now the University of Central Florida at Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> <Without> about... <laughs> I would never want that. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or go to our blog where we have posts that we'll be adding more to, especially as basketball season picks up. That's at gtpdd.dog. And there you can find the contest at gtpdd.dog slash contest. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. We try to keep it simple with uh, with the links. Yes, we chose a shorter domain name just so we wouldn't have to spell it all out. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Manny Diaz. And go Tech. Please don't die. Please.
the Huskies? Huskies, yes. Yes. But what what's, year was that? That was 2008. Was that when they had that one real good dude? Or was that later? <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. My brain kind of scrambled.